Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, my friend? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real English Radio. I hope you're doing well today. And if you're not feeling so great, I hope this episode will help you to feel just a little bit better because today we're talking about our mindset and communication skills. And there are a lot of things that I don't know about this life, but one thing I know for sure is the better your mindset and communication skills are, the better your life experience will be. But I do need to make one thing clear. This episode is not going to be a set of instructions on how to talk to women more effectively. In fact, the title of this episode should have been How to Talk to People, because the information I'm going to share with you today can and should be applied to every single interaction you have with another person, regardless of whether it's a male or a female. But the audio clips I'm going to use today were actually recorded in the context of talking to women, and I think you and I can both agree that the title How to Talk to Women is much more enticing than the title how to talk to people. But anyway, I just wanted to make that clear before we get started so you can have the right expectations before investing your time into this episode. Now, many of us have a really hard time talking to women or people in general. And although all of us struggle at different times and for different reasons, I think there are two main things that keep us from improving this crucial skill. The first one is a self-defeating mindset. The second one is a level of pride that keeps us from exiting our comfort zones and experiencing failure. So, with the help of Charlie Hubert from Charisma on Command and the late, great Kevin Samuels, I'm going to share some ideas with you that will help you to develop the right mindset for communicating more effectively and find the source of motivation you need to step out of your comfort zone and learn a new skill. Now, the first clip I'm going to share with you is a conversation between Chris Williamson and Charlie Hubert on the Modern Wisdom Podcast. Chris asked Charlie about some of the major mistakes that men tend to make when approaching women. So let's hear his response. I'm interested to find out what you think most men go wrong when approaching women. And if there's girls that are watching, they can put some of their nightmare scenarios down in the comments below as well. Um, Women have a very different understanding of this because they're when they think what goes wrong with men, they're selecting for the men that have approached them. Right. And All right, let me stop right there because you said they're selecting for the men that have approached them. And that might have confused you. When he says selecting for, he means choosing from a particular set of people or category based on certain criteria or characteristics. So in this context, it refers to women focusing on a certain type of men who have approached them. So if somebody asks women, what do men do wrong when approaching women? They only think about the men that have actually approached them. They're selecting for that particular type of person when they answer that question. I hope that makes sense. All right, so let me go back a few seconds and play it again. Very different understanding of this because they're, when they think what goes wrong with men, they're selecting for the men that have approached them, right? And so they're going, oh, they were way too pushy, way too forward. They said this goofy thing. They did some R nice guys stuff where they told me like they could be my boyfriend and I'd never have to go cold. The truth is most guys are 
are not in that category. They're not walking up to you. They're thinking about it, uh, but not doing it right. Okay, so let me explain a few more things. Going back to the beginning, he said what goes wrong, or excuse me, when people ask women what goes wrong, what do men do wrong when, when approaching women? The issues that they're selecting for are only thinking about men that have actually approached them, right? And so typically they respond by saying, oh, the guys are way too pushy, way too forward. And so these are two things I want to explain. The word pushy in this context is just overly aggressive, overly insistent in a manner that's perceived to be very annoying and very bearing. So think about the guy that asked the lady for her number and she doesn't want to give it to him. He's saying, come on, come on, trying to convince her and convince her. But in a very assertive way, it's just way too much. It's like, calm the fuck down, bro. She said no. She's clearly not interested, but he just won't accept that and keeps trying to push and push and push until he gets what he wants. That's a very pushy person, you see? And so when he says he's way too forward, that's another word I want to explain. And in this context, it just means being way too direct, way too open or way too frank in his behavior or his attitude, right? Sometimes maybe even crossing the boundaries that are being set by whoever he's talking to. So if somebody is extremely forward, they are extremely direct in a way that probably makes the other person feel uncomfortable, you see? So bringing it all back to the beginning, a lot of women might say, oh, most guys are way too pushy, way too forward, way too aggressive, way too insistive. You see what I'm saying? Or excuse me, insistent. So that's the basic idea that I want you to understand. And then he said the word goofy. Let me go back and see if I can play it again. Hang on. Guys stuff where they told me like they could be my boyfriend. Uh, hold on. They're selecting for the men that have approached them, right? And so they're going, oh, they were way too pushy, way too forward. They said this goofy thing. They, <laughs> they said this goofy thing. It's another useful word, goofy. Something goofy is like something lacking seriousness or maturity. Think about the Disney character, Goofy. He is the exact opposite of something that you would take seriously. You see what I'm saying? It's very silly and just kind of just, uh -huh, just dopey. You know what I mean? That's a goofy character. So if somebody said a goofy thing, it's something that's kind of silly or dumb and it was impossible to take serious. All right, let's continue. Bushy, way too forward. They said this goofy thing. They did some R nice guy stuff where they told me like they could be my boyfriend and I'd never have to go cold. The truth is most guys are, are not in that category. They're not walking up to you. They're thinking about it, uh, but not doing it. Okay, the last thing from this little part of the clip is they're not walking up to you. To walk up to somebody literally just means to approach them. You're walking in their direction, and at some point you're going to arrive right in front of them. That's what it means to walk up to somebody. Another way of saying that is they approach you. Same thing, okay? All right, cool. Let's continue. Word. They said this goofy thing. They did some R nice guy stuff where they told me, like, they could be my boyfriend and I'd never have to go cold. The truth is most guys are, are not in that category. They're not walking up to you. They're thinking about it, uh, but not doing it, right? So that's, that's by far. That's 99.9%. That's 99.9% is not engaging in conversation. Uh, so that's definitely the, the thing that most of them do wrong. Though when women think about what do most men do wrong, they're going to go to the horror stories of the 0.1% that just come in like complete arrogant asses. Uh, so yeah, it's <laughs> complete arrogant asses. Okay. So I just want to explain, you might already know this, but he said, so when women think about what most men do wrong, they're going to the horror stories of the 0.1% that just come in 
like complete arrogant asses. So when he says come in, it just means enter the scene or enter the situation like a complete arrogant ass. And if somebody's an ass, how can I explain that? Hold on, let me look at my vocab guide here. So ass is a slang term for a foolish and contemptible person. It's used to refer to men who approach women with an arrogant and disrespectful manner. Okay, that's the the definition I have here in my vocabulary guide, because if I had to freestyle that definition, probably would have taken me two or three minutes. So hopefully that makes sense now. These guys just come in like like assholes. You probably know, understand the term asshole. Just somebody who's arrogant and rude and disrespectful, makes you uncomfortable. That's what he's describing. All right, so let me go back a few seconds. So when women think about what do most men do wrong, they're going to go to the horror stories of the 0.1%. They just come in like complete arrogant asses. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not, it's disqualifying yourself before, before you've spoken to someone. Uh, and there's a hundred different ways to speak to someone, mentalities that can help. But uh, going in with a vibe of curiosity and again, flirt with the world. I think one of the things that men do wrong is that they try to be these snipers, which is like these boring people who walk through life, not talking to anyone, not engaging with the cashier. And then they're going to see the most beautiful woman at the bar who is surrounded by people who want to speak to her. And they're going to go, now I'm going to turn it on. Okay. So let me just explain a couple of things here. He said, one of the things that men do wrong is they try to be these snipers. And just in case you don't know what that is, a sniper is a person who shoots a sniper rifle. You know, like in the war movies or action movies, the dude that's sitting up on the rooftop, seeing everything down below, he's watching the fight go on, but he has a very precise weapon. It shoots one bullet at a time. It's not an automatic weapon, and it's meant to be very precise. You aim, you take your time, and bah, from a long distance. That's a sniper. So what he means is a lot of guys will go through life not engaging with people around them, not talking to the cashier or the bus driver or the, the waiter or whoever it is. They're just not talking to, to people in general. And then they finally see the most beautiful girl they've ever seen in their lives. And they think they're going to be precise like a sniper and hit the target without ever having practice, without being in the habit of shooting and hitting targets, metaphorically speaking. Right. And that's the issue. And then when they see this person, they think, oh, I'm just going to turn on the charisma like it's a car or a TV or something, as if they can just flip a switch and now they're the most charismatic people in the world and they're going to enchant this woman and get her number and blah, blah, blah. That's a huge problem. And if you think about it, it's the same with everything, not just talking to women. And we'll get into that in a second. I just, I feel myself getting off track here. We still have a little bit more of the clip to play, but I'm going to show you that this is not just about talking to women. It's about talking to people. Okay. So let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue that men do wrong is that they try to be these snipers, which is like these boring people who walk through life, not talking to anyone, not engaging with the cashier. And then they're going to see the most beautiful woman at the bar who is surrounded by people who want to speak to her. And they're going to go, now I'm going to turn it on. Yeah. That's by the power damn... of Grayskull, they decide to pick up the fucking <laughs> Right. This, it's time to turn it on. It's time to do it. Yeah. And then they, he, they hulk out and, and just do it. That's not how it's ever been with me. I haven't seen it done that way. It's by flirting with the world. It's by recognizing that the person that you should flirt with is the next person you interact with. And whether that's uh, someone in your apartment building as you're taking the elevator who is an older gentleman, like being that outgoing, fun, friendly person, setting a vibe, goofing off, and then just happening to be near the person that you're interested in is going to be much, much more powerful because it's not something that you've got to like gear up. Okay. 
So he said, being that outgoing, fun, friendly person, setting a vibe, goofing off, and then just happening to be near the person you're interested in is better. So there's a couple of words I'm going to explain here. The first one, outgoing. This is just a person who's very sociable. They're comfortable meeting and talking to new people all the time. They are going or getting out of their comfort zone constantly. The focus is not on them and being introverted and isolated. They are going out into the world and interacting with people. That's an outgoing person. So being outgoing, being fun, being friendly, right? Setting a vibe. This is another expression that might be useful to you. To set a vibe basically means to create or establish a particular mood, a particular atmosphere in any situation, right? So if you set a fun vibe, it means you you make it clear to everyone around you that we're here to have fun. You try to be that fun, energetic person so that other people know it's okay to be fun and energetic. If you set a serious vibe, it means through your behavior and your words and the way you treat people, everybody knows, oh, it's time to be serious. You see what I'm saying? That's what it means to set a vibe. And then goofing off, thinking back to the word goofy, right? Being silly, the opposite of serious. If you're goofing off, just means being very playful. It's, it describes playful behavior, not taking things seriously. So then let's go back to the context. Being outgoing, fun, friendly, setting a vibe, goofing off, and then just happening to be near the person you're interested in is going to be more powerful. So to happen to be something means to find yourself in a particular situation or a particular place or a particular condition just by chance, just by chance. So by getting in the habit of being fun and outgoing all the time, talking to people and being sociable all the time, and then by chance just being next to somebody you're interested in is going to be better than going through life like a sniper, isolated, talking to nobody, not being social at all. And then you see this person you want to talk to and thinking you're just going to turn that, turn on that charisma and that fun way of being. It doesn't work like that. You need to just make that a habit and be like that all the time. And then by chance, when you come across somebody you really are interested in, you'll already be in the habit of being fun and sociable. So you won't need to turn it on and it won't be awkward and uncomfortable for you. That's what I understand from his words. All right. So I'm gonna go back a few seconds and we'll continue taking the elevator who is an older gentleman like being that outgoing fun friendly person setting a vibe goofing off and then just happening to be near the person that you're interested in is going to be much much more powerful because it's not something that you've got to like gear up for it's something that is going to be habituated into the way that you're used to speaking with people it won't feel like such a stretch okay so then he says if you do it that way if you get in the habit of being fun and outgoing etc then when you happen to be near somebody that you want to talk to, it won't be something you have to gear up for. And to gear up for something just means to prepare yourself for something. So it's not something you will have to get ready for and say, okay, now I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to say this and she's going to laugh and she's going to get, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to gear, you're trying to get yourself ready for the event. You won't need to do that if you're just in the habit of being sociable and talking to people and flirting with the world. That's the idea. So it's not something you have to gear up for. It's going to be something that's habituated into the way you're used to speaking with people. And what he means, it's something that will already be a habit, right? And it won't feel like such a stretch. And so a stretch, that's a term that we use to describe something that just seems very unreasonable, very unlikely. It's very unlikely that these things happen. So if, if you describe your plan to somebody and they say, I don't know, man, that's, that sounds like a stretch. It means that it sounds unlikely. It sounds almost impossible. 
what you're describing. So if we go back to the context, the idea of being sociable and outgoing all the time and then being next to the person or just happening to be near a person you really want to talk to and then actually engaging with them and getting the number and forming a relationship, that's much more realistic and much less of a stretch than going through life like a sniper, being isolated, never talking to anybody, and then suddenly just turning on the charisma and enchanting this person you want to talk to. That sounds like a stretch. That sounds unrealistic, unlikely to happen. Okay. All right. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Since this clip is only two minutes, I'm going to play it again from start to finish, and then we'll continue. I'm interested to find out what you think most men go wrong when approaching women. And if there's girls that are watching, they can put some of their nightmare scenarios down in the comments oh, yeah. below as well. well um, women have a very different understanding of this because they're when they think what goes wrong with men, they're selecting for the men that have approached them. Right. And so they're going, oh, they were way too pushy, way too forward. They said this goofy thing. They did some are nice guys stuff where they told me like they could be my boyfriend and I'd never have to go cold. The truth is most guys are, are not in that category. They're not walking up to you. They're thinking about it, uh, but not doing it, right? So that's, that's by far. That's 99.9%. That's 99.9% is not engaging in conversation. Uh, so that's definitely the, the thing that most of them do wrong. Though when women think about what do most men do wrong, they're going to go to the horror stories of the 0.1% that just come in like complete arrogant asses. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not... It's disqualifying yourself before before you've spoken to someone. Uh, and there's a hundred different ways to speak to someone, mentalities that can help. But uh, going in with a vibe of curiosity and, again, flirt with the world, I think one of the things that men do wrong is that they try to be these snipers, which is like these boring people who walk through life not talking to anyone, not engaging with the cashier, and then they're going to see the most beautiful woman at the bar who is surrounded by people who want to speak to her, and they're going to go, now I'm going to turn it on. Yeah, That's by the power damn. of Grayskull, they decide to pick up the fucking sword. <laughs> right, this, it's time to turn it on. It's time to do it. Yeah, and then they, he, they hulk out and, and just do it. That's not how it's ever been with me. I haven't seen it done that way. It, it's by flirting with the world. It's by recognizing that the person that you should flirt with is the next person you interact with. And whether that's uh, someone in your apartment building as you're taking the elevator who is an older gentleman, like being that outgoing, fun, friendly person, setting a vibe, goofing off, and then just happening to be near the person that you're interested in is going to be much, much more powerful because it's not something that you've got to like gear up for. It's something that is going to be habituated into the way that you're used to speaking with people. It won't feel like such a stretch. All right, my friend, hopefully you could understand much more the second time around. And um, if you want to read the transcript and the vocabulary guide to see all the detailed explanations and example sentences and stuff like that, feel free to subscribe on Patreon to get access to those materials. But now I want to talk about the main takeaways from this clip. The first one, most men do not approach women, even if they're interested. And this lack of interaction seems to be the most significant problem, according to Charlie. But again, this is not just about approaching women. This is about approaching people. So many of us, even if we are interested in somebody else and we want to talk to them, we're just so afraid of rejection or we're so deep inside our heads thinking about what's the right thing to say? How am I supposed to leave a good impression? How do I get this person to like me? When you really shouldn't be thinking like that, you should just, if you see somebody you're interested in and you want to talk to them, don't think, 
just walk up to that person or approach that person. Remember, to walk up to somebody and to approach somebody is the same thing. Walk up to that person and just say hello. You know, then you're in the conversation. You've already started it. The hardest thing is to start it. Once you've started it, then you'll see where it goes. But so many of us avoid approaching people and starting conversations, even with people we're interested in, because we're so afraid of rejection. Right? This is a universal problem. Number two, women often perceive men who approach them as being too pushy, too forward, or goofy because they're primarily exposed to a minority of men who act this way, the ones who actually have the balls to approach a beautiful woman, right? Or somebody they're interested in. Now, these men might only represent a small fraction of all men, but they typically influence women's perception of men overall, men as a whole, generally speaking. So another, a simpler way of saying that is sometimes women are exposed to a high quantity of arrogant assholes and they start to think all men are that way. So if we take it out of the context of romantic relationships and we just think about people in general, sometimes we get exposed to a relatively high number of a particular type of person and then we think all people are like that. So maybe you have a bad experience with one or two Americans or seven or eight Americans and you think all Americans are like that. Or you have a bad experience with one or two or six or seven women and you think all women are like that. Choose the category or identity trait that you want. You have an experience with a particular type of person five, six, seven, eight times and you think all of them are like that. This is an illogical way of thinking, but it is understandable, right? If you see it again and again and again, your perception is just distorted in this strange way and you start to believe this is just the way it is when that's not necessarily true. So it's very important that you kind of slow down and resist making those assumptions just because you've had a couple experiences that were negative or unpleasant or whatever it is. You just had unpleasant experiences with those individuals, but they do not represent the entire group. And this is something that we do as human beings, period, because it's easier, right, for the brain. It's easier to make generalizations and assumptions than it is to think critically each and every time you interact with somebody. It's just easier to be ignorant. It's easier to not investigate. It's easier to not see what's really going on. It's easier to not give somebody a chance to show them that they're not what you think they are. They're not what you assume they are. That's just easier. But we're not going to do the easy thing, right? We give people the benefit of the doubt. We just talked about that in episode 37. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend you check it out. But the point is, you have to be cognizant of the fact that sometimes your perception is very easily distorted. And in those moments, you got to think a bit more critically. And remember, I have these preconceived notions, but it is not fair for me to project those onto people. That is universal. It has nothing to do with men approaching women. That is just people approaching people, right? All right, number three. Men typically disqualify themselves by not engaging in conversation or interaction with women due to fear and insecurity. But again, people often disqualify themselves by not engaging in conversation or interaction with people due to fear and insecurity. They're afraid of being rejected, afraid of being seen as weird or strange or this or that, whatever it is. But sometimes we avoid those interactions just because we're so afraid of rejection. We're so afraid of what this person might think of us. You know what I'm saying? And then we rob ourselves of the chance to develop a meaningful relationship simply because we're, we're afraid of what might go wrong. 
it's so strange when you stop and think about it, right? In Portuguese, at least in Brazilian Portuguese, there's a phrase, a saying, I guess I should say, and it goes like this. O não você já tem. And if I translate that, basically it means the no you already have. More specifically, the response, no, you already have that. If you if you disqualify yourself and you don't approach, if you don't take the chance, then the answer is definitively no. The result is definitively failure, right? Because you didn't even try. You didn't even give yourself the chance to succeed. And so if you don't try, you, you fail. But you already have that. Before you approach, you already have the no. So why not go for the yes? Why not at least just try? You see what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. All right, number four. The best approach for men, according to Charlie, is to maintain a mentality of curiosity, to be outgoing, to be friendly and approachable, right? And he describes this as flirting with the world. And this approach involves being social and personable with everyone you interact with, as opposed to trying to gear up and get yourself ready to interact with someone specific. If you just get in the habit of being sociable, then it will be easy <laughs> to be social whenever you need to be social. You see what I'm saying? Don't just flirt with the people that you're romantically or sexually interested in, but flirt with the world. And that's how you form the habit and it becomes easier to flirt when you really need the flirt. That's the idea. So leading to number five, which is what we were just talking about. Charlie suggests that if this outgoing, friendly approach becomes habitual in all social situations, it won't feel like you need to get ready and prepare yourself mentally when you need to approach someone you're actually interested in. It'll just be another conversation. You do this all day, every day. You don't feel nervous for something that you have experience in, something that feels comfortable and familiar to you. You don't feel nervous when tying your shoes or driving a car or brushing your teeth or whatever it may be. You don't feel nervous because you've done them so many times. It's the same thing with communication skills, with interacting with other people. It's, it's practice, bro. Getting in the habit of doing it makes you much more comfortable when doing it. Speaking English is the same thing. You probably feel nervous when it's time to speak with a native. And if you're not speaking every day or every week, when it's finally time to do it, it's okay. Okay, let me turn turn on my English. Nice, nice, nice to meet you. I, I'm, I'm a don't eat, you know what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're speaking English every single day, hey, what's up, man? My name's Tony. Nice to meet you. How you doing? It just come, it just flows. It just rolls off the tongue. Only because you do it all day, every day. You see what I'm saying? Now, finally, this approach of setting a vibe or creating a comfortable atmosphere is what can naturally attract the people that you might be interested in. If you go through life all isolated and and antisocial and just sticking to yourself and not talking to or interacting with anybody, you're not going to be very attractive to most people, right? People feed off of energy. And if you give off the energy of don't fucking talk to me, don't fucking look at me, people are not going to fucking talk or look at you, bro. <laughs> so if you want more friends, more social interaction, you have to be sociable. You have to get out of yourself and into the world, right? Set the vibe, be friendly, smile at people, bro. Now, this depends on the culture, obviously, because I know in some places, if you smile at strangers, they'll probably think you're fucking weird. So adjust this advice for whatever your culture or situation is. But the point is, if you want to receive more social interaction and interest, you need to be more sociable and interested. You see what I'm saying? That's what I took from this simple clip. Hopefully you've taken the same, if not more, 
from this clip. All right, now the next clip you're going to hear is of the late, great Kevin Samuels talking about the importance of having the right mindset before you try to approach women or people in general. So let's hear what he has to say. Guys, you have to understand your self-talk. I wouldn't talk to some women, and of course it sucked. <laughs> Take that out of there. Reframe what success looked like. I wouldn't talk to some women. Stop caring about the outcome. Okay. Now, if you're not watching this or, I don't know, there might be a bunch of reasons that what he just said wasn't clear to you. So I'm going to go back to the beginning and explain it a little bit. Because he says, guys, you have to understand your self-talk. Your self-talk is basically the, the words that you say to yourself, either in your mind or out loud. It's the dialogue that you have with yourself. That is your self-talk. So you have to understand and watch your self-talk. And then the next thing he says, he's quoting somebody else. Let me play it again. Hold on. Guys, you have to understand your self-talk. I wouldn't talk to some women. And of course, it sucked. <laughs> I, I went and talked to some women. And of course, it sucked. Of course, it sucked. So this is a very useful word for many reasons. The word sucked in this case. If something sucks in this context, it's just like a, I don't know if I would call it slang. It's a colloquial term used to express that something is very bad or very unpleasant. So I went and talked to some women. And of course, it didn't go well. Of course, it was terrible. Of course, it sucked, right? And then he says, take that out of there. Take that out of there, which means remove those words from your vernacular. Remove that thought from your brain. Don't say shit like that to yourself. Of course, it sucks because I'm a piece of shit and nobody likes me and I'm a loser. You don't talk to yourself like that. That's the point. Okay, so let me go back and play it again. Guys, you have to understand your self-talk. I wouldn't talk to some women, and of course it sucked. Take that out of there. Re reframe what success looked like. Reframe what success looks like. And to reframe in this case, it just means to change the way that you express something or view something. Basically, changing the perspective from which you see this situation. So don't think about it as I went and talked to some women and of course it sucked because I'm a fucking loser. No, reframe that. Look at it from a different perspective. I went and talked to some women. That's it. End of story. That's what you need to focus on. Not the fact that it didn't go well and it sucked, but that you tried to do it. Okay, let me play it one more time. Guys, you have to understand your self-talk. I wouldn't talk to some women, and of course it sucked. Take that out of there. Re reframe what success looked like. I went and talked to some women. Stop caring about the outcome. The attempt is what matters when you're trying to learn. You don't, you don't hit a home run the first time at bat. You don't hit a home run the first time at bat. Now this is a baseball reference. So a home run without getting too deep into baseball, because even I don't I don't watch baseball, but I do understand the basics. So a home run is when the pitcher throws the ball towards the batter, the person with the bat who's supposed to hit the ball and the batter pow, hits the ball and it goes out of the field, out of the stadium. 
No, that's not a home run. That's a grand slam. I'm fucking I'm fucking up the explanation. Let me try that again. A home run, if I'm not mistaken, the batter bow hits the ball and runs to all three, really four bases. First base, second base, third base, and then back to home plate and, and scores a point for the team. That is a home run. I'm actually going to confirm that just so I make sure I'm not telling you the wrong thing. What is a home run? Let's ask Google. In baseball, a home run is scored when the ball is hit in such a way that the batter is able to circle the bases and reach home plate safely in one play without any errors being committed by the defensive team. That probably didn't help you very much, but just understand it's a really, really, really good thing to happen in baseball. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) So you don't hit a home run. You don't have an amazing performance the first time at bat. And to be at bat means to be holding the bat, standing at home plate, waiting for the pitcher to throw the ball your way. You're waiting to take a swing and try to hit the ball. I mean, that's what it means to be at bat. So you do not perform excellently or perfectly your first time trying something. That's really what he's saying. He's just using baseball terms to express it. So let me play it again. You don't, you don't hit a home run the first time at bat. It's the attempt. You got to get your shot better. It's the attempt. You got to take thousands and thousands of shots before it becomes automatic. But if every time you shoot, you call this brick, lame, weak, sucker, <laughs> you'll quit. You will quit. Okay, so there's a couple words I want to explain. He said you got to get your shot better. And now he's, in the video, he's doing like a, a motion as if he's shooting a basketball. And so your shot is your attempt, basically your attempt to score. That's your shot in, in its essence. So you got to take thousands of shots before it becomes automatic, which is what we just talked about. You have to get in the habit of doing it before it can become automatic and you can just do it whenever you want. You have to take thousands of shots or make thousands of attempts before the skill just becomes automatic for you. But if every time you shoot the ball, you say brick, lame, weak, sucker, then you'll quit. So I'm explaining four words here. The first one is brick. This is, again, a basketball reference. If you've watched a game of basketball and somebody shoots the ball, tries to score, and it hits the rim or the backboard, but they miss, the ball does not go into the hoop. That's a brick. Imagine somebody throwing a brick at the wall. It's kind of like a similar image you can have in your mind. So if you're playing basketball, somebody shoots and they miss, it hits the rim or the the backboard, you can say, brick! Right? Kind of like making fun of them and ridiculing them for the fact that they missed. That was a brick. And then he's, what was the next word? Lame is another useful word. The word lame is basically the opposite of cool. If something is fucking lame, it's like a colloquial term or like slang. It's just unimpressive, inadequate, not good enough. There's no force. It's not effective. It's not cool. It's not good. It's fucking lame. Man, that shit is lame. Right. So if you go and try to talk to this person and it doesn't work out and you might call yourself, a, I'm a fucking lame, bro. Damn. I'm a fucking loser. I'm a lame. That shit was lame. That's the basic idea. Hopefully that makes sense. It's a very common word, at least in American English. All right. And then he says weak, W-E-A-K, weak, which you probably understand. It just means the opposite of strong. But I guess in colloquial terms, if something's weak, again, it's just ineffective. It's lame. It's not cool. It's not working. That shit is weak, bro. You tried, but that shit was weak. It didn't work. 
not effective. You know what I'm saying? And then he, what was the last word? Sucker. This word is not so common these days. I think it was much more common in my dad's time. You know what I'm saying? When he was a young buck, a young whippersnapper, a young man. A sucker is like, a sucker in this case is like a loser. It's another term for loser, a failure, somebody who's not capable of doing something. So maybe you and your friends are out and your friend sees this beautiful woman. He wants to go talk to her. He tries and then fails. You say, man, you're a sucker. You know, you're a loser. You suck. It's like, yeah, I guess you can think of it in the same terms as the word suck. If something sucks, it's bad, low quality, ineffective. So if you're a sucker, you can think of it the same way. You suck. A sucker is somebody who sucks in this context. Okay, remember, context is everything when learning languages. We'll talk about the other variations and meanings and context of the word suck in a different episode. So let me play it again, and we'll continue. Take thousands and thousands of shots before it becomes automatic. But if every time you shoot, you call this brick, lame, weak, sucker, you'll quit. Okay, so the idea again, is you have to take thousands of shots before it becomes automatic. You have to make thousands of attempts before you truly reach a high level of skill. No matter what you're doing, speaking English, being charismatic, playing football, whatever it is, you have to take thousands of shots, make thousands of attempts before it becomes automatic. But if every time you take a shot and it doesn't go well, you call yourself a lame, you call yourself weak, you say, I'm a sucker, I'm a loser, of course it didn't go well because I fucking suck, eventually you're going to quit because everything outside of you is telling you you're not good enough, you're not effective enough, but then you're also saying to yourself internally, I'm not good enough, I fucking suck, I'm a loser, this is never going to work. After enough of that shit, you see no reason to continue, so you just quit. So think about that with people learning English like yourself. If every time you go to talk to somebody, you can't express yourself perfectly, you don't understand every single word that was said, you have to ask this person to repeat themselves time and time and time again, and at the end of that conversation, you say, man, I fucking suck, my English is trash, it's some bullshit, I'm never going to get better. Eventually, you are going to quit. That's the point. So you have to remove that negative self-talk, stop telling yourself you're a piece of shit, and just focus on the fact that you tried, because that's all you can do. That is all you can do. And if it doesn't work, what do you do? You pick yourself the fuck up and you try again. You either try again or you quit. Those are your two options. Which one sounds better to you? You see what I'm saying? That's the point. So let me play the whole thing again. It's a very short clip and then we'll continue. Guys, you have to understand your self-talk. I went and talked to some women and of course it sucked. Take that out of there. Retrain, reframe what success looked like. I went and talked to some women. Stop caring about the outcome. The attempt is what matters when you're trying to learn. You don't, you don't hit a home run the first time at bat. It's the attempt. You got to get your shot better. It's the attempt. You gotta take thousands and thousands of shots before it becomes automatic. But if every time you shoot, you call this brick, lame, weak, sucker, you'll quit. All right, my friends, I sincerely hope you could understand much more, if not everything, the second time around. So let's get into the main takeaways from this clip. 
The first one, self-talk or the dialogue that you have with yourself is a significant factor that can influence all of your actions and your mindset. So the narrative that you create internally is the most important thing because that has a significant impact on your external actions and the results. So fix your self-talk. Stop telling yourself you're a fucking loser, you're lame, you're weak, you're not good enough and blah, blah, blah. The world will already do that for you. There are plenty of people out there who are ready and willing to tell you how much you suck. So there's no reason for you to pile more of that shit on top of yourself. It makes no sense and it only guarantees your failure. Number two, the importance of reframing and positive thinking. Negative self-talk should be removed from your vernacular. Instead, you should focus on the fact that you are trying to improve. Do not focus on the outcome. Do not focus on the results because those will come with what? More attempts. As you continue to try, you will continue to improve. And as you continue to improve, you will get closer and closer to the result that you want. But you can't get there if you keep telling yourself you're a piece of shit and you're not good enough. You won't get there. So reframe that self-talk, right? Think positively about yourself. Number three, persistence. Persistence and effort are crucial when learning or attempting anything new. And Kevin emphasizes this concept by talking about attempting and trying repeatedly, being persistent, irrespective of the immediate outcome. Persistence is key. You have to be persistent because if you're not, you are going to be demotivated when something doesn't go the way you want it to. And you'll just say, man, fuck this shit. I'm just going to quit. I give up. It's only those who persist that arrive at the finish line. That's with talking with women, learning a language, getting a job, making more money, whatever it is, bro. The only way to get there is to keep trying. And the only alternative is to quit. So, number four. Kevin uses the metaphor of the baseball player at bat to illustrate that you cannot expect to hit a home run on your first attempt. You cannot expect amazing, crazy success on your first attempt. It does happen, but very rarely, right? In very, very, very rare, unique cases, somebody hits a home run on the first try. Somebody starts the business and in less than a year, they take it to a $5 million business. Or having never approached a woman before, this guy just knows what to say, approaches her, enchants the woman, she gives the number, and they live happily ever after. That, like, wait, When's the last time you heard of that happening, bro? It doesn't happen, right? You cannot expect to hit a home run on your first attempt. And then he uses a basketball metaphor, right, to underline the same point. Shooting a basketball and improving one's shot takes thousands of attempts. Not tens, not hundreds, but thousands of attempts. So again, persistence is key. You cannot expect to be amazing at something without having practiced for years. Just doesn't work like that. Very few people are born a genius. Very few people are born a genius at something, you know? Or maybe everybody's born a genius at something, but nobody's born a genius at everything. Nobody's a fucking master, naturally, at everything. You have to practice, bro. You have to practice. So think about learning a language. How many people do you know that are born speaking the Queen's English? How many people do you know that are born speaking perfect fucking English? Not even natives are born speaking perfect English, bro. It takes years of interactions and conversations and arguments and discussions with your parents, your friends, 
your teachers, your classmates, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever, bro. It takes years for a human being to express themselves clearly and fluently and eloquently, even natives. Nobody's born with that skill, bro. All of us have to go through the same process. So it's the same when learning a foreign language. It takes hundreds. It takes thousands of conversations and practice and corrections, right? Before you get to a point where you know, okay, I can talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. You don't wake up with that. You have to work for it, bro, persistently. And number five, the negative consequences of self-deprecation are heavily emphasized throughout this entire episode in both video clips. If every failed attempt is followed by negative self-labeling, negative self-talk, all it does is lead to demotivation and quitting. So instead, it's really, really, really vital. And I know I've said this multiple times, but it is crucial that you consider each failed attempt as an opportunity to learn something. That is the value of failure, which is ironic because so many of us run away from it. We're so afraid. We're so afraid of shit not working out. We're so afraid of everybody seeing us try something and having it not work the way we expected it to. When in reality, that is how you learn, my friend. It is impossible to learn without failure. If like just any other idea that contradicts that one, remove it from your fucking head right now. Because it's the only way. It's the only way. So if you should be welcoming failure every chance you get, bro. And I know it's easier said than done. I know it's easier to say this than it is to do it. Because you might be listening to this episode and be feeling fired up. Like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave the house tomorrow. I'm going to be social, goddammit. I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone. And then you can, tomorrow comes and somebody crosses your path in the street. And you're like, I'm like I can't do it tomorrow tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow right so i know it's easier to say this than it is to actually do it but it does not change the fact that you gotta do it bro you gotta do it it's the only way you're gonna learn you only learn through experience everything else is just fucking theory you can consume all the content english courses youtube videos podcasts whatever you want it's just theory until you live it yourself it is not knowledge Knowledge is only gained through experience, my friend. So get yourself out there and get some fucking experience. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to learn more effectively with every episode or you just want to support the show, consider signing up for a monthly subscription on Patreon. And when you subscribe to my Patreon, you will finally begin to truly improve your English comprehension and increase your active vocabulary with the PDF transcripts and vocabulary guides that come with every episode. And you'll get access to bonus episodes only available to my beloved Patreon supporters. Big shout out to y'all. And you'll also be able to listen to all episodes without hearing any ads or sponsorships or anything like that. So if that sounds interesting to you, my friend, just click the link in the description of this episode and sign up. But as always, I want to thank you so much for your time and your attention, my friend. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Real English Radio. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.